Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning, Grace Capital Church. It is wonderful to see you here today, and I, I'm with Phil, and this level of expectation, God is doing something new. Did you know that? God is in the process of birthing something through us, and it is kind of cool to see it unravel. Wasn't worship incredible this morning? Thank you guys for leading us into God's presence. Well, I just want to, uh, I want to give something away this morning. Um, There's a book called True Religion. It says, Taking Pieces of Heaven to Places of Hell on Earth. And do you know that our kind of slogan is bringing heaven to earth. Do you realize that the kingdom of God is to be lived here and now? We don't have to wait until we die to experience the kingdom of God. And uh, so that should be exciting for you. Who brought their Bible for the first time today? Anybody here? Oh my word. So you get this book. How about that? Now, I I want you, don't think every single time you're going to bring your Bible for the first time, you're going to get a little freebie, but I might do it again in anticipation that, do you realize that, that we want to bring the word of God with us? And so when we open it up, we can underline it. We can go back to those places because this is what we need to build our life on. Yes, Jesus saves us. He gave us his spirit to empower us and guide us. But if you want to find how to live a successful life, you have to be in God's word. You have to be in God's word. Well, we are on week two of this Root series, and last week was a great start to this series. I've already heard stories of life transformation that's already taken place by people asking, God, where do my roots go? Do they go to the river of life or do they, are they rooted in things that only produce ugly fruit? Or are they rooted in places that produce the fruit of the Spirit? And we talked about in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 15 of we're cursed when we live by the flesh, when we trust our flesh, or we're blessed when we trust in the Lord. One is when we trust in the Lord, we are like a tree planted by a river. Or otherwise, we are, when we trust in our flesh, we're like a shriveled up shrub in a barren and dry wasteland. And we said, hey, we want to be the tree planted by the river. And we began the process of asking the Lord to show us those roots. We said this, we said that if you want to know what roots are in your heart, all you have to do is look at the fruits of your life. What are you producing? What fruit are you producing? Because it reveals the roots in your heart. Today, though, today, it's great to start on that one, but we need to understand, well, then how do we address these roots? How do we go about addressing them, the ones that are rooted in the wrong places, the ones that are producing wrong fruit? Well, let's pray before we get going. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to get back in your word to continue to seek after you, the direction that you have for us, to mature us, to grow us, and ultimately, Father, to set us free. Father, it is a season of of setting the captives free, and Father, that is why we have gone through so much as a church. This turmoil that we've gone through has brought us to this place of setting the captives free. 
We know that we have an enemy, and, and right now, Lord, we're just saying that, that he that is in the world has no power. Then he who came to conquer the enemy. Father, you have given us such authority. And so, Lord, we just say right now, in the name of Jesus, we just bind anything that is not of you. And then we just cast it in the abyss, the pit of hell. And we've come here this morning with expectation, Father, that you're going to move and that people's lives are going to be transformed. That people who came in here today are going to leave different when they leave because they will have met with you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and be here and fill this place. Transform us. Renew us. Give us a fresh anticipation for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, part two of this series on roots is this. We've got to learn how to understand how to take the roots that are in the wrong place that have been rooted for many years. And how do we begin the process of, of getting rid of them? Because it's one thing to identify them. It's another thing to get rid of them. Because otherwise, just identifying them, it's almost like, I believe, but I'm not taking action to... You know, the, the word says that even the demons believe in Jesus. But yet, as followers of him, that's so different than believing. And it's very much like our, our hearts. We've identified them, but if all we do is identify and to say, oh, yeah, right. But we actually don't follow through and do something about it, then there's no good in just head knowledge. We want life transformation. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. And we're going to start at the beginning of that. But as you're turning to that, Ephesians is in the New Testament. And um, we're going to be reading that. We're not going to put the scripture up yet. We do have a scripture for you. But we do want you to look it into, get, open up your Bibles and, and find that. As you're looking for that, I want to share with you a story. When I was a teenager, um, it's kind of weird for a guy to do that, but I had babysitting jobs. And... It was good money. After all, you could go to somebody's house, get the kids to bed, watch TV, and eat their food and get paid for it. I was kind of doing the figuring, I think this is the easiest way to make money. So I took up some babysitting jobs. Well, if you know a little bit about my story, you realize that I lacked character and integrity growing up. God has done such an amazing work in my life. But one of these houses that I babysat for, I knew the house and I don't know why one day I came across this house and nobody was home and I decided that I was going to break into this house. I broke into this house and then I went snooping around and all of a sudden I came across a, a jewelry box and I ended up stealing a diamond ring. Not only did I steal this diamond ring, I went later and I hawked it off at some flea market to get some money. This was my early teenage years. In my early 20s, when I had an encounter with God, I began to see that God wanted to set me free from some things in my life. And one of those things that he wanted to set me free was from is my lack of integrity, my lack of character. And the way that he had me do it was to make things right where I had wronged. I remember I was married 
This is the first year I was married, and this journey and this process of making wrongs right was a pretty intense time for me. I found where this person had later moved to. I, I thought, you know what? I need to confess this, that I stole this diamond. I need to make sure that I do everything that I can to make it right. That person had moved, and I tracked them down, and they'd moved into a town. Later on, I says, Audra, can you come with me? I need to have a conversation with this person. I was a little nervous because this man was known to have a volatile temper. I knew him because I babysat his kids. Later did I find out that this um, diamond was actually uh, from his deceased wife, and this diamond was going to be an heirloom that was going to be passed down to his daughter to be given to her. But in my foolishness as a teen, that opportunity would have never, couldn't have happened. I knocked on his door. Audra is sitting in the car. I remember it was a, the car very specifically. And I remember Audra says, Audra, you need to pray for me. I don't know if I'm coming back out of either alive. <laughs> Knock on the door and I, and I start to talk to you. I said, do you know who I am? And he goes, yeah, I, I recognize you. He says, I want to let you know what I did. And I told him back, and he goes, I always wondered where that was. I says, I, I will do whatever it takes to pay you back. He went on to tell me this story of, of why it had more value than the significance of the diamond itself. And I felt horrible. But something unexpected happened. He hugged me, and he says, you know what? Thank you so much for being man enough to come back. It was at that moment that I was set free. It was at that moment when I said, you know what? I am no longer going to be defined by the things of my past. I'm choosing to live by the word of God. I'm choosing to live in the freedom that Christ came and died for. And that journey of that process of freedom is a journey that you could not, yeah, it's painful getting there, but it is so powerful when you actually do it. So powerful when you actually do it. In Ephesians, we're going to read about these roots. You see, the moment I exposed those roots in my heart to the light by confessing it to the person that I hurt, it was the moment it no longer had power in my life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says there, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. I love that point. You need to hear this. As he's giving us this instruction, he first wants to make sure that you understand your position with him. Your beloved children. He loves you. He does not condemn you. He loves you as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexually, sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let, them, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. 
again, here he's saying there's, there's two ways you can live here. One is you can, you can live with these ugly little roots that produce this. Idolatry, crude talk, coarse joking, sexual immorality. Or you can choose to live, live this way, which is the, the roots rooted to the stream that's producing thankfulness. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater. Idolatry, we talked about that. Unfortunately, you didn't get it first service. I told you I was going to talk about it. Second service, they got it. Idolatry is this, anything that we put over God, anything, becomes idolatry. Has no inheritance in the kingdom of Uh, kingdom of Christ and God. Let me just stop there for a moment, talking about this inheritance of the kingdom of God. We started the service by telling you this, that the kingdom of God is here and now. This inheritance, when you think of an inheritance, an inheritance gets executed when somebody dies. My parents, just this last time we were up in Canada, they sat all the siblings down and said, we just updated our will and this is how it's going to go. We want to make sure we express this to you while we're still alive. And they were talking about the inheritance. But it doesn't come into play until somebody passes away. But the reason why the inheritance for you is not when you pass away. The inheritance is Christ already died. Christ already died and that gives us our inheritance. You see, we're walking with the inheritance today. The fullness of all that God has for us today. The kingdom of God, the inheritance is for us today. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. At one time, Mark Warren walked in darkness, but today Mark Warren chooses to walk in the light. Can we say that together? You say your name once walked in darkness, but now say your name walks in the light. On the count of three, Mark once walked in darkness, but now Mark, say your name, walks in the light. There's something about the power of our confession of our words. We are no longer walking in darkness, but we are choosing to walk in the light. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and true. We talked about the fruit. What is your life producing? And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. This is what we're going to hammer in on today. Verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Amen. Awake, O sleeper. 
You once walked in darkness, but now you're choosing to walk in the light. Now, here's the interesting thing. When we're talking about the roots that are in our heart that we choose to bury, they are still buried and they're still in darkness. And we need to expose those roots to the light to experience the freedom. I don't know if you've gardened much or if you've spent much yard time, but many times if you see a weed, you feel like, okay, I'll just get this weed and you go down and you reach and you pull off all the green leaves and you feel like, all right, the weed's gone. Is that true? Is the weed gone? No, it just sprouts on back up. Why? Because we didn't get to the roots. For me, when I do vegetable gardening, if there's a weed, what I'll do is I will dig around the weed and expose the roots to the light. I'll flip the weed right over and so the roots are exposed to the sunlight and it will kill the roots. It will kill the weed. It has no longer any power, any life to grow. But unless we, all we do is start walking around in life, I'm trying to, you know, deal with this in my life. I'm trying to manage this in my life. I'm trying to, you know, have self-control. And if you're not going down to, all that is like is just taking off the greenery and, oh, I hope, I hope I've addressed it. But this is going to come back. Instead, you've got to dig down deep, allow the Lord to dig down deep, and expose it to the light. Expose it to the light. How do we do that? Well, if you turn to James chapter 5, verse 16. You see, the reason why he wants it exposed to the light is because for our freedom... Remember we said that as long as it's hidden in the dark, the enemy still has power in that. That bitter root, that root of rejection, that root of self-worth, that root of whatever, still has power until it gets exposed to the light. But one way we can expose it to the light is this. We find it in James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confessing your sins one to another exposes the root to the light. It's now out. It's no longer hidden in the darkness. It brings freedom to you. What I did in that journey It was the process of walking out all the things that still had power and control in my life. I needed to expose them to the light. That's why I needed to go around and make things right. In recovery programs, they talk about a moral inventory. It's just the way we've been designed and it's the way that God wants us to live in greater freedom. Now, a lot of times it does take the Holy Spirit to reveal some of those things. Sometimes we, we have created all of these webs around our heart. We have created all these shells around our heart and just out of protection, just to protect ourselves. And we don't realize where did that root come from? And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to reveal that. That's why we need people who have maybe had some training in helping to identify those things. I know the people who went through Elijah House, that's the, that's the process of what they've learned. 
How do I identify those places in our heart that have had, that have these, this power still in your life? But what it's doing is producing just junk in your life. And that's why God's saying, I want you to be free and whole and complete. And so would you be willing to expose those roots to the light? And you know, the trick that gets played in our mind is this, is like, oh, what are they going to think of me? <laughs> oh, if I wasn't in a mixed crowd, I would tell you all of the junk in my life. Because you know what? I don't mind telling people about that because in the reality, that's not who I am. Who I am is who Christ has made me to be. That doesn't define me. It once did because it had me. But I've exposed those things to the light and as a result, it's set me free. You see, we realize that we have an enemy. We have an enemy that wants to continue to condemn us to judge us, and he wants to keep us from being ineffective. He wants us to, to keep us subdued, not walking in the freedom and the fullness of who you were designed to be. See, Christ designed you and made you for a purpose, to live with great freedom, but with live with great purpose. The enemy knows that every single one of you has a great calling on your life. Do you believe it? It's true. Each one of you have a phenomenal calling on your life. Not just to go to church, not just to you know, punch a, a, a time card at work, but he has a specific calling on your life to make great impact in this world. And the enemy knows that, so he's doing everything he can from every time you're a little tyke as you're growing up to, to put these roots in your, in your heart that keep you from being, in a, being effective for, the, for Christ and for the kingdom. And so we have this enemy. But what we do is we realize that, that when we expose the roots to the light, it helps you win the fight. You see, because it is a battle. And if you expose it to the light, you're going to win the fight. But the moment you keep it hidden, the moment you keep saying, you know what? Oh, it's going to be too painful to reveal it. Is the moment that you actually, he begins to win. The enemy begins to win. And he wants you to win because the Bible says we're more than conquerors, more than conquerors, right? So we got to win the fight. And the way that we win the fight is we expose the roots to the light. That's the way. There's another great verse here in 1 John. First John 1, 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Think about that for a moment. The reality is you can't fool God. We can't say oh, we're a good Christian and, and go to church, but yet you still walk in darkness. I, I want to let you know, it's, we're all a work in progress. 
None of us are perfect. We're human. We will continue to make mistakes. But we learn from them and quickly expose those mistakes to the light again. One thing I've been teaching my kids is the power of owning your mistakes. When you mess up, it's so much better to own it and confess it. Because now it's brought out into the light and here's the thing. Now dad, mom and dad can help bring instruction to them. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This scripture talks about the process of confessing our sins, not only to God, but to one another. Here's the interesting thing. I think we're okay in confessing our sins to God. We feel fairly safe, I think, most times to say, oh God, forgive me for this. But I don't believe that fully sets you free. It, yes, it sets you free from the sin, but it doesn't. In other words, when, when God looks at you, Jesus has covered you with his blood. And so he sees the righteousness of Christ when he looks at you. So when God looks at you and you've come to Christ, he only sees Jesus's goodness. However, in our heart, if we still have unresolved stuff that our roots are going to the bad places, it still means even though we are God sees us as complete. We're not fully walking in completeness because we still have roots that keep us from walking in freedom. And it's really about what he wants to do and to completely free us. So when we come to Christ, we ask for forgiveness and we come to him every day saying, Lord, I want you to Lord of my life and you mess up. All right, you're set with your salvation as long as you continue to keep short accounts. However, that's where a lot of people stop. Oh, I gave my life to Jesus, but you never walk in the fullness that he's created you to be. And he wants you to walk in this greater level of freedom. And the way we do it is expose the roots to the light. Brian and Karen, if, if you would want to come up for a moment and Brian and Karen Johnson have a great story of the process and the journey of, of having the courage to share their stories with other people, to share their stuff, the, the bad roots, in a process to get free. And Karen, would you just share a little bit uh, of your story? It should be on. All right. Absolutely. Um, I basically was born, was born and grew up with so many roots. Um, childhood abuse um, was huge, and it just created um, a, lot of, a lot of baggage, a lot of um, things that affected me on into adulthood. I was extremely controlling um, to, the, to the point where, <laughs> I, I laugh now, 
but it's not funny, um, where when our first son was born, poor Brian couldn't even change diapers or feed because I was the only one that could do it right. Um, there were just so many areas that I was controlling, um, controlling with my older son how he had to be perfect at everything, and unfortunately that affected him in other ways. Um, just so many different things. I also made mistakes where, um, mistakes that I thought God would never forgive me for. Um, mistakes that could have destroyed my marriage and nearly did. Um, and, um, uh, what was, what was your process? Because I've been at some of the Celebrate Recovery um, things that you're a part of helping with. Um, did you find some of that freedom at Celebrate Recovery and sharing your story with others? I did. Um, I had heard of Celebrate Recovery, and it came one day where I was in such a deep depression. Depression was a big thing for me, um, where I would just lay in bed, you know, and, and because of the things I had done in my life and to ruin my marriage and things like that, I thought God would never forgive me. And like Mark was saying, I, I gave it to God. And I remember laying on the, on the ground, face down, just giving it all to God. And you know what? It didn't go, you know, it helped. And I knew God had it, but um, there was more work to be done. And so as I realized how much I was destroying myself and other people, I had heard of Celebrate Recovery. Um, and they say that you finally get to that place when your pain is greater than your fear. And it's, it's amazing. Um, I went there and through really, it's all about the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. And through going through a lot of those things, I found um, amazing freedom. I was able to um, go to my oldest son and um, ask for forgiveness for the things that he didn't even know I did to him. Um, and I went to, you know, Brian and asked for forgiveness for the horrible things I had done. And thank goodness there was just immediate um, forgiveness. There was no questions. Um, and celebrate recovery and going through all of those things has just brought an amazing light to my life. Um, I don't regret a thing that I did or the abuse as a childhood, uh, in my childhood um, because I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't have, like my test has become my testimony. Um, and I, I, you know, praise God for that because without him, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, excellent. Um, Brian, you, you have a different story. But you also have a story of how Jesus has brought you in freedom because of you being willing to be vulnerable before other people and to share those roots in your life. And tell us a little bit about that journey of freedom for you. Absolutely. And, and I'm the second one, so I get the rest of the hour here. Anyway, just kidding. Um, it would really take that, really. But um, actually, in 2009, I got to a place in my life where I was sitting there without a driver's license. Um, didn't know where I was going to go. Um, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I had been, you know, charged with a DWI. Um, 
realized in my life that everything I did centered around drinking. Um, and, you know, including my family, my relationship with my wife, my kids, going out fishing with a friend, it was more important, really, there was a cover-up to, you know, have a few beers and go fishing. Um, I could have given up the fishing, but I wasn't going to give up the beers. Um, and then, you know what, I said, I got to do something. Um, so for me, you know, I decided to go to AA um, because I, had, I really hadn't heard a lot about it, didn't know what I was walking into, but God just said, you know what, you got to do something. So I did it. And I walked in there, um, and the day I walked in the door of that, that meeting, that changed my life. Um, and I didn't know it was going to start the change, and it was going to be a real journey. I mean, this journey was, and still is today, pretty incredible. Um, you know, a gentleman stood up and shook my hand and said, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? You know, and we kind of talked from there. And, and you know, I didn't know that that journey was going to take me to a place of, uh, you know, and, and again, I, this takes a lot of work. You know, you don't just walk in and things get better. Um, I realized, and, and someone had told me not too far into this program, that, you know, God would do the navigating of the boat, but I needed to do the rowing. Um, and there was just a lot of work involved that, you know, wasn't just about go in and stop drinking and that's it. Um, and like Karen said, you know, this program helped me disclose, helped me find out a lot of things in my life um, that I wasn't even aware of. You know, and it's kind of funny because back in 2009 when I started going through this, um, we were actually doing in this church another series on roots. So it kind of comes back. Um, and, you know, this journey has just been incredible. You know, I gave up a six-figured salary as a salesman to open up a farm stand. Who would have thought that? You know what? But today, I don't have to worry. I, I don't care about money. I, I just, it's not a part of my life. Um, I've learned in my life that no matter what, you know what? And I learned that through this program and through church and, and, and through that the, as long as I put God first in my life, that everything is going to be okay today. And that's all I need to worry about is today. I don't need to worry about tomorrow. I don't need to worry about yesterday. You know, I can't control anything that anybody here does. You know, someone else taught me to put my hand out, and that's the only space that I can control. I can't control anything past that. Just worry about that. You know, and the right, do the right thing, and the right thing will happen. And the right thing for me, again, was putting God first, revealing all these roots that I had, and they are roots, you know, and, 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 and I was taught, you know, through this program, and, and again, through, through my church family, um, and I can tell you that when I got this DWI that night and I went home, um, we were in a life group. We actually had life group at our house at that point. And when I got home, there were five, five different couples from our life group waiting for me to get home with my wife. So, you know, that's a testimony, of, you know, because if they weren't there, I don't know what would happen, really. I mean, so anyway, you know, I've learned in my life through this whole thing is that, you know, life's different today. But you know what? I, I can't live... I can't live where my roots were. Today I have to live where I am, but I can never forget about those roots. Because, and, and the real reason for that is I can't forget my past because it's really the only thing that I can link up with somebody else that might be coming into my life that I can work with because that's the only connection I have with them. You know, so anyway. So in many ways, God has set you free can you, so you can help other people walk in greater freedom. Absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate both of your story because it took the courage to be vulnerable, not only before God, but before others. The thing about recovery groups or the life groups, um, or even on a Sunday morning and sharing with people, is you 
you, lay, you expose the things that were in the darkness to the light. And that is the process of the freedom. You guys are different people today than you were nine years ago. And it is ex- so exciting to see what God has done in your life. And you see it in other people too. That's why you guys keep going with what you're doing to help other people walk in greater freedom. Can you give them a hand? Thank you so much. You see, confession really is about letting somebody in your heart. It's the ability to say, you know what? I trust you enough that I'm going to share with you what's in my heart. Life groups are a great place for that to take place. If you're not in a life group, we're going to be kicking off a new life group session um, here in January in a few weeks. Be on the lookout for that. But if you're in life group, I, I would encourage you guys to make sure that you that you have a deep enough relationships that you can share these things appropriately. Maybe it's not with a whole group. Maybe it's just with one person in your group. You see, there's such freedom when you expose the roots of the darkness that aren't attached to godly things and bring it to the light. There's freedom in it. And Christ, Jesus Christ, came that we might have freedom. So the, uh, the other thing is, is this. It's really hard to have genuine relationships if we're always wearing a mask. You see, we can go along pretending in life that everything's okay, that I've got it all together, and I don't have any issues. But true fellowship happens when we're willing to take the mask off. And we're willing to say, you know what? We're in this journey together. We're seeking God for his freedom. We realize that part of the freedom, the way that God's designed us, is we got to be real with one another. Real with God and real with one another. This week, would you find somebody to be real with? Because he wants to set us free. Many times we realize that it's, it's a journey to freedom. It just doesn't, it can happen instantaneously, but it doesn't always. But you know, there's no chance of freedom as long as we keep the thing hidden in our hearts, hidden in the darkness. Would you have the courage to allow the Lord to dig around in your heart and to expose the roots and bring it to the light and you can experience true freedom. We're gonna sing a song as we do, I, I want you to think about those roots that are still in the darkness. I want you to think about who it is that you're going to share with this week. I'm also mindful that maybe there's some things in your life. It's not just your own sin, because sometimes it's also, like Karen has said, it's things that have happened to you out of your control. And now they manifest in different ways in your life. And begins to define you wrongly. So I'm mindful there are people that you can't even go to to make things right, to confess to somebody else. This morning, I also want to make this available to you. If you're not in a life group, if you're you're not in a place where you can connect with somebody, we have trusted people who will not share your stories. It's, It's not the part is to reveal. The part is to receive freedom. So we have our prayer team that would love to pray with you if you feel compelled that you need to get something 
not only off your chest, but their roots exposed to the light, that this morning you can have greater freedom than you've ever had before, that you can walk out of this place today no longer defined by the stuff of your past, but you've exposed it to the light that allows you to walk in greater freedom, greater hope, Let's be real with God. Let's be real with others. Let's sing this together. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 